I want to say this. For the past few weeks, I think we should be on to part seven today. The Lord has been speaking to us about fulfilling the kingdom mandate. This message that God gave to me some weeks ago, I want you to take them very seriously. If you have not been doing that, go back and start to listen, starting from part one, and then part two and part three. And continue. Listen to them again and again and again. Uh, they are meant to repair whatever the enemy had deformed. Sometimes in our lives, we've gone through experiences that has actually caused terrible damage, great damage. But God has given us this word so that whatever the enemy had deformed, that he will be able to reform. Amen. This word is coming to us to repair, to renew, so that God can restore. The thing that the enemy has stolen from you. Your best days are not behind you. Our best days are ahead of us. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Take this word and stop playing church. We're not about just going, you know, those things. People have done that in the past. There's no time for that now. They were talking about how many people and the people attended and all those stuff. We're talking about life transform. We're talking about fulfillment of destinies. We're talking about you fulfilling and coming into your place in God. We are, coming, we are talking about you becoming everything that God has done for you. And don't be, don't, you know, you know, be serious in your work with him. Be serious. Your investment will determine your return. So be serious in your work with him. Take this word seriously. God is bringing them to us to renew, I will say again, to first of all to repair and then to renew and then to restore us to where he wants us to be. So as we go again into part seven of fulfilling kingdom mandate, and as I'll be looking at information and revelation, the difference between the two, and becoming kingdom minded, I want you to open your heart so that you hear with clarity what God wants to say to us. Amen. So I'll start this morning by looking at the book of uh, Isaiah chapter number five. I want to take us to these scriptures to prepare us for what God has for us this morning. Isaiah chapter 5, verse number 13. Isaiah chapter 5, verse number 13. It reads, and I quote, He said, Therefore my people have gone into captivity because they have no knowledge. Look at that. He said, Therefore, remember I've taught us that wherever you see the word therefore, stop and ask, well, what is it therefore? He said, Therefore my people, they were, my people have gone into captivity because they have no knowledge. Their honorable men are famished and their multitude dried up with thirst. My people have gone into captivity because they have no knowledge. The word knowledge there is the word revealed knowledge. Because of lack of knowledge, they've gone into captivity. The enemy has taken advantage of them. And I'll be reading the same scripture from the Easy to read version. Easy to read version. The reason I call it, my people don't know God. My people don't know God. So they will be captured and taken away. Everyone, the respected leaders and the common people as well will be hungry and thirsty. Look at that. I said, my people, God's people, because they don't really know God. 
They know about God. They know about religious sacrifices. They know about activities. That's why Christianity is not just a religion. Christianity is relationship with the most high God. It's not carrying out activity. It's not performing some ceremonies. Christianity is far, far bigger than that. He said, my people don't really know God. So they will be captured and taken away. Everyone, including, number one, their respected leaders. And then the common people as well will be hungry and thirsty. Look at that. Look at the, look at the consequences of not knowing God. Look at the consequence of just knowing about God. Somebody said, what's the difference between the two? I'll make that very clear to you. Oh, yes. Do you know Scott Morrison? Oh, yes. Scott Morrison is the prime minister of Australia. Absolutely. I do not disagree with you. Can you take your phone and give me a call this morning and say, hello, Mr. Scott Morrison. Can I speak to you? Or I, want to, I would like to speak to you. Of course not, because you don't have his number. You know about him, but you don't really know him. That's the difference. That's the difference. Proverbs 29, verse number 18. Proverbs 29, verse number 18. It reads, say, where there is no clear prophetic vision, where there is no clear prophetic vision, people quickly wander astray. But when you follow the revelation of the word, Heaven's bliss fills your soul. Again, I'm reading from the TPT version. The TPT version. It where there's no clear prophetic vision. People's quick, people quickly wander astray. They miss road. They go astray. They go on a tangent that God does not desire for them to go. But when you follow, when you follow the revelation of the word, heaven's bliss fills your soul. And of course, from the New King James Version, so where there's no revelation, again, can you say, where there's no revelation, the people cast off restraint. They go astray. The people cast off restraint. But happy is he who keeps the law. Do you want to be happy? Then you need to walk in revelation. Jesus did not just die on the cross so that we can continue with the information. Information is what is obtainable all over the world. If you pick up the papers this morning, you have all manners of information there. If you listen to news, put on the news, maybe after this message, you see there will be a lot of information coming to you. And that is available everywhere. Information is good, at least you will know some things. But information is at a low level. Jesus wants us to move to revelation. That we are walking in revelation. So that we can experience everything that God has for us. Many of God's people are walking at a low level of information. We look at the Bible. We read the word of God. And to many of us, it's just mere information. That will not take you far. You can't walk in the power of God with just information. You can't walk in the power of God with just information. You need revelation. So that you can walk in the power, the strength, and the might of the one who has called you. There will be some scriptures I'll be taking us to that will further open these two rows. And the first one is John chapter number 3 from verse number 1. 
Remember, information and revelation or information versus revelation becoming kingdom-minded. John chapter 3, verse number 1. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. Look at this man. Was a man of the Pharisees named a ruler of the Jews. You know, the Nicodemus was a leader in the synagogue. So he wasn't just an ordinary man. He was a leader in the synagogue. And the name Nicodemus means victory of the people. Nicodemus. Nico means victory. Demos means of the people. Probably this is where the word Nike. Remember Nike, the shoe company? Maybe that's where they got their name from. It's talking about the athletes or whosoever is wearing their shoes that they walk in victory, obtain victory. Nicodemus, victory of the people, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God. He called him Rabbi, <laughs> which would thank God for this man because the Pharisees would never address him as Rabbi. Say, said, Rabbi, we know you are a teacher come from God. For no one can do the signs that you do unless God is with him. So some things that Jesus was doing. The fruits of his ministry was bringing, was causing a stirring in the hearts of many people including Nicodemus. The Bible says the whole earth is waiting for the manifestations of sons of God. Christianity is not just, oh yes, practicing some things. We've been, it's, it's, we've been called into a supernatural relationship with God. Christianity is supernatural. And I believe that the time has come for God's people to start to manifest in a greater measure the grace of God, the power of God, that we are not just like any other person. How can the God of the old earth, the greater one, be living inside of us? And there's no difference between the person down the road who does not know God, the person down the road who has never experienced or who has never been to church. How can there be not a difference? This man saw that there was something different about Jesus. There's something different about him. This ministry, the fruits of it, the way he spoke, the way he, was, he lived his life, the way the, the, everything about him was causing it was intriguing him. And the Bible says he went to him by night. He was not told whether he went just because of himself or maybe he went there as a result of discussion that has been taking place among some of the leaders of the synagogue. Now, what is man Jesus? Have you heard about him? Have you heard about what this man is doing? They, and definitely some of those things would have been happening. But we're not told whether he came as a voice to those people who have been discussing about Jesus. Then verse number three. Nicodemus now said to him, but Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Remember, Nicodemus said, nobody can come to you or... No, I mean, Nobody can be doing the signs you are doing except God is with him. And Jesus did not respond to what Nicodemus said. He did not address his first need. He addressed his real need. That Nicodemus, there's something that you need to know here. That most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. 
unless one is born again. So you are meant to be born at least twice. One, your natural birth. And then number two, being born into the kingdom of God. Because without you being born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Because there's something called seeing in the kingdom. Or seeing the kingdom. Are there many people in church today who call themselves Christians who have not been born again? Absolutely thousands, if not millions, if not billions. That's the reason why many are not seeing the kingdom of God. Because you need to be born again so that you can see the kingdom of God. Remember, the kingdom of God is the word basilia, which is the dominion of God, the authority of God, the power of God. Could that be the reason why many are not experiencing the power of God and walking in the dominion of God in their lives? The very beginning of creation, God said, let us make man in our image and after our likeness and let them have dominion. God's plan, God's will for this mankind that he created is for this man to walk in dominion. But how many people are walking in dominion? Jesus is bringing context to that now. He said, you, the reason why you are not walking in that dominion is because you, can, you are not seeing because in the kingdom, there's no limitation. In the kingdom, there's no, there's no lack. There's no sickness. There's no disease. There's no COVID-19 there. There's no, they're not discussing about COVID-19 in the kingdom of God or in heaven right now. It's that like you need to start to see in the same way. Because where your eyes have not taken you, your legs cannot take you there. If you don't see what you don't see, you can't experience. You need to see it first. You need to see it. And that sin there is revelation. Unless you are born again, you cannot see. It's called sight beyond sight. It's called inside seeing. Lord, I want us to pray. Put your hands on your, on your eyes and say, Dear Lord Jesus, I pray right now. Help me to see beyond these eyes. Beyond these natural eyes. Help me to see things, situation, my life, the way you see them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. Without the new birth, new perspective will not come. Let me I should read it to us from the TPT version. John chapter 3 from verse number 1. Now there was a prominent religious leader. I told you he was a prominent religious leader. He was the leader of the synagogue. Among the Jews named Nicodemus. Who was part of the sect called the Pharisees. One night he discreetly came to Jesus and said. Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God. For no one performs these miracle signs that you do unless God's power is with him. Jesus answered Nicodemus. I told you, he didn't address just his felt need. Jesus addressed his real need. And he said to him, Nicodemus, listen to this eternal truth. Before a person can even perceive God's kingdom, they must first experience a rebirth. Before a person can perceive God's kingdom, they must experience a rebirth. That means that the rebirth or being born again is to enable us to what? Have a different perception. 
How many times have people have been born again or claim to be born again, but and the perception has not changed, and it's still the same way. They see things just naturally, the way everybody see them. Your perception must change. You must start to see from God's kingdom perception. Verse number four, and listen to the response of Nicodemus. Nicodemus now said to him, how can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Did you see that? Nicodemus was operating in based on information. They were not at the same level. Jesus was speaking from revelation. Nicodemus was at the level of information. Because he now looked at himself. He said, how can a man be born again when he's old? Because he looked at himself. And uh, how can this happen? Uh, maybe to help us understand that, let me take you again to TPT. So Nicodemus said, verse 4, Rebirth? Look at that. Nicodemus said, Rebirth? How can a great-headed man, probably you should have added like me, how can a great-headed man be reborn? It is impossible for anyone to go back into the womb a second time and be reborn. Is this what Jesus was talking about? No, obviously he wasn't getting it because it was just at the level of information. And then verse number five. Jesus now said, answered, most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Verse three says, unless you are born again, you cannot see. He now went further. Say, unless you are born of water and of a spirit, you cannot enter into the kingdom of God. What does that mean? I need to explain that to us. Does it mean that it's just, oh, in the morning after you've taken your bath, you're now in the kingdom of God? Is that what it means? Or maybe, oh yes, by the time you hook up, you know, uh, uh, the reason why many is not because they are not using special water. I have this special pure water in my, and that's what I'll be using. Is that what he's talking about? born of water and of a spirit. You cannot enter into the kingdom of God. I need to explain to you all what does that mean to be born of water. And I'll take you to the book of Ezekiel. Ezekiel 36. Ezekiel 36 from verse number 24. Ezekiel verse number 36 from verse number 24. What does it say? Say, for I will take you from among the nations and gather you from all the countries. And bring you into your own land. Hallelujah. Say, I will take you from amongst the nations. Did he not tell Abraham, leave your father's house? Leave that natural thing you have been used to. Leave that thing. Oh, because, you know, sometimes we are so tied to the natural, we are unable to progress into the things of God. He said, I will take you from the nations and gather you out of all countries and bring you into your own land. 25. And then I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you shall be clean. And I will cleanse you from all your filthiness and from all your idols. Verse 26. And I will give you a new heart. Can having, the, uh, having bath in the morning give someone a new heart? If that is the case, the entire world should be what? Born again with new hearts now. And But you know yourself as I do that the hearts of many are desperately wicked, in spite of having the best of bath. Or is he going in the jacuzzi now? And so oh, by the time you get into the jacuzzi, you, I can tell you a new heart. 
You can be in three jacuzzis at the same time. Nothing will change unless something changes on your inside. So I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. And I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. 27. And I will put my spirit. Can you see that? Spirit, capital S. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statues. And you will keep my judgments and do them. But look at where the entire thing, look at where the process, you know, began from. That number one, he said, I will cleanse you with what? I will sprinkle clean water on you and you shall be clean. And then I will give you a new heart. And I will put a new spirit within you. Something is changing inside this man. He said, I will now put my spirit within. Amen. Because the spirit of God cannot inhabit a heart that has not been reborn. There must be a renewal in our heart so that the spirit of God can work, will have his abode there. Let's continue to Ephesians. Remember we are talking about what does it mean to be born of water. The book of Ephesians chapter number 5 from verse number 25. Ephesians chapter 5. From verse number 25. Husbands, love your wives. Just as Christ also loved the church. And gave himself for her. And that he might sanctify and cleanse her. With the washing of water by the word. So what does it mean to be born of water? It is what? It is the cleansing by the washing of water by the word. When you receive the word of God concerning salvation into your heart. And you respond to that word, that is the cleansing by water. Because the cleansing, I'll cleanse her with the washing of water by the word. To be born of water is not just baptism. Because people have said this is talking about baptism. Oh yes, baptism is good. There's nothing wrong with baptism, especially true baptism. Because baptism represents identifying with the death the burial and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. But if you go for baptism without a sanctification and the cleansing of your heart, it will be old sinner into the water, new sinner rising up from the water. And that is not what the Bible is talking about. It's a cleansing by, of water by the word of God. You are receiving the word. Anytime you receive the true word of God into your heart, there's a cleansing that is going on. Amen. Cleansing that is going on, you know, apart from just getting born again. But Jesus now said something. He said, <clears throat> verse number 5. Let's go back to it. John chapter 3, verse number 5. And he said, Jesus answered, unless your born is born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. What does it mean to enter into the kingdom of God? Unless one is born of water and of the spirit. Unless one is born again, he cannot see. Thank God. If you're born again, thank God that you are enabled, empowered to see. But don't stop there. Don't stop at the door. Don't just be peeping in. It's now time for you to enter. The Lord spoke to us during our night of prayers. He said, for thou will arise and have mercy upon Zion. For the time to favor her. Oh yes, the said time has come. 
We looked at it from the TPT version. It said the time for the fulfillment of prophetic promises. That time has come. The time has come for fulfillment. The time has come to, for you to enter into and not just be out by the door looking in. Many people are standing by the door peeping in, looking in. They are not partaking in kingdom Kingdom activities, kingdom, the, the, the provisions of the kingdom. But God says, no, you must be born of water and of the spirit so that you can enter into. What does it mean to enter into the kingdom? Is to become a partaker of God's divine promises. That you are not just hearing testimonies of others. You are sharing your testimonies too. You are, you are experiencing God's power in your life because this word is powerful. The word is not just mere word. The word has the capacity that God has. The word is the highest manifestation of God on the face of the earth. What God can do, the word can do. Amen. So when you enter into, you are now a partaker of the promises contained in his word. Let me take you to the book of Second uh, Peter, chapter number one, and we will see this. Second Peter, chapter number one, from verse number one. The book of 2 Peter, remember Peter was one of the disciples. He walked with Jesus. He lived with Jesus. He was with him throughout the three years. He made his mistake, but thank God he didn't stop following Jesus. 2 Peter chapter 1, from verse number 1. Simon Peter, a bond servant. Look at that, a bond not just a servant, a bond servant. You know, a servant simply means yes. Maybe you've been employed to serve in a particular place, but a bond servant means that he's lost the power of choice. That his choices were made by the one who has called him. Amen. Somebody said, Pastor, what's your opinion about it? I don't have any opinion about anything. My opinion is what the Bible says about it. I don't have any opinion. I don't hold opinion. What do you think about this? What do you think about that? I don't have opinions about anything. I look at the world because opinions change. Opinions are not like gnosis. All of us have them. And opinions sometimes change based on circumstances. But when you hold on to the eternal word of God, you can be sure that you are standing on solid ground. Simon Peter, a bond servant, an apostle of Jesus Christ to those who have obtained like precious faith with us by the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ. Verse number two, grace and peace be what? Multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and, Je of, and of Jesus our Lord. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge. The, that word there is epignosis, which means intimate knowledge or revealed knowledge or revelation. That grace and peace will be multiplied to you when you are walking in the revelation of God and of Jesus Christ, not just information, not just information. Why am I talking a lot about revelation and information today? Because Adam fell from revelation to information. One of the consequences of the fall of man. Adam was walking in revelation. He had access to God. He was sharing, they would meet in the cool of the evening. We've looked at that. How the ruler became the root. But all of that was lost when he fell. Man is now operating at the level of information. And you know we've taken a lot of pride in it. When we start to talk about information technology. 
oh, thank God for technology. But I'm telling you, uh, you, you need, especially if you're born again, if you're a child of God, you need to be walking in revelation, not just information. Verse number three says what? It, as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Through again what? The revelation of him who called us by glory and virtue. Look, as his divine power has given unto us all things that pertains to life. Have I not told you that there's nothing that God wants to do for you, in you, and through that he has not done already? All you need is for your eyes to be open so that you can lay hold on the thing that has been finished concerning you. Verse number four. By which we have been given, or we have by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through this you may be partakers of the divine. That's, this is having escaped the corruption that is in the world through laws. Let's go back again to verse number two. It says, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the revelation of God and of Jesus our Lord. Verse three, that word of, as his divine power has given to us all things, that pertains to all things that pertains to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who has called us by word, by glory and virtue, that we become partakers of his great and precious promises. Amen. Why? By, and this is called entering into the kingdom. Hello, there's sin in the kingdom, or sin in the kingdom, and there's what? Entrance into the kingdom. Become partakers of the divine nature. Become partakers of these precious promises so that you're not just hearing. You're not just, oh, oh, you're not just hearing testimonies. You're also sharing your testimonies. This is so powerful. This is so important. Let's go back to John chapter number three. Verse number six now. Verse number six. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. There's Different between born, being born of the flesh, natural birth, and then being born of the spirit, being born again, spiritual birth. The two of them are not the same. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. Verse number seven. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. Hello. Turn to your neighbor. Are you born again? Because you must be born again. It's time to stop Plain religion. Verse number eight. Verse number eight. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. Meaning that this man is under command. You are not your own overlord. You are an underlord. And an overlord, which is the Lord Jesus, and the leadership of the Holy Spirit is the one guiding you. So this man is under the command of the Holy Spirit. So he goes where the Holy Spirit goes, and the Holy Spirit is leading him. And I'm telling you, you need this. You need this. I remember there's so many instances I can, I can, I can mention. I remember about three years ago or thereabout, when the particular particular uh, big shopping mall in Kenya was, was bombed, invaded by terrorists, and many people were killed. 
I was reading up the story of a, of a diplomat who went for a conference in Kenya. And that particular morning, Saturday, that that event took place, he just, he was catching up with his friend in the mall. They were having breakfast when the entire thing happened and he was shot dead. And it's never, the story has never left me that if this man, like many others, supposing they were in tune with the Spirit of God, supposing they were listening to the Spirit of God, would the Spirit of God, would, would he not have cautioned them and said, don't go there that morning? Why can't you have your breakfast in your hotel room? Why can't you spend this time with this man somewhere else? But they went to that place because it was a place for tourists. And then he did not return to Ghana, where he came from, alive. It was his dead body that was flown back. How many times will just being led by the Holy Spirit deliver us from impending danger? So the wind blows where which is, and you hear the sound, but cannot tell. Meaning that you must be, sometimes you can't just say this the way the Holy Spirit will lead. Because you don't have him under your control. It's not something that you put in your box. And it's not a remote that you press and control. No, the Holy Spirit can change the agenda. The Holy Spirit can lead you in a path you are not familiar with. But when we are open to him, he takes us where he wants us to go, not just where we want to go. Have you been the one in charge of your life? Have you been the one directing your path? Have you been the one that is the Lord over your life? There needs to be a change. Many people in the church are not walking under the guidance of the Holy Spirit. They're not being directed by the Holy Spirit. This must change. The season we are in is a very interesting season. The season we are in is, is a season that we cannot just afford to walk in the natural, being led by our flesh alone. We must receive continuous input, not occasionally, but consistently from the spirit of the living God. Verse number nine. Verse number nine. Nicodemus now answered, how can these things be? You can see Nicodemus did not have any clue about revelation. This man was just, what? Information. Then verse number 10. Verse number 10. So Jesus answered and said, are you, are you the teacher of Israel? It's like, are you not the teacher of Israel? Are you the, not are you a? So which means that Nicodemus must be a custodian of the law. The one that many in the synagogue will go to. And he will explain the law to them. And Jesus answered, are you the teacher of Israel? And you do not know these things? How many people who have big garments? How many people with big titles? How many bishops? How many right reverence, or should I add left reverence, in the church who are without understanding of what the scriptures are really saying? How many people, to many, is just religion? It's just, oh yes, just <laughs> praise the name of the Lord. But we need to have clear understanding, information, just reading things and then feeding our intellect. We not do that. It is revelation that will take you into that. Make you a partaker of the kingdom of God. Verse number 11. He said, most assuredly we speak what we know. Oh, Makalaboshoria. Look at it. He said, most I'm assuring you, Nicodemus. We're not just telling stories here. Hello? It's not story, story, storyteller. No, we speak what we know. We speak what we know. Why did he say that? Because 
The Bible says, and the word came to his own. But his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave power to become the word. The Bible says that, you know, he, Jesus, and the word have become one. He was the word made flesh. And the word was made flesh. He was not just, he was not just filled the word. He had become one with the word. So it wasn't something that was just, was just babbling about or was quibbling about. He said, we know what we are talking about and testify what we have seen and you do not receive our witness. Verse number 12. If I told you of earthly things and you do not believe, how will you believe I tell you heavenly things? Verse number 13. No one has ascended to heaven but he who came down from heaven. Are we not talking about bringing heaven down? He said, no one has ascended to heaven but he who came down from heaven, that is the son of man, who is in what? In question, was he in heaven when he was talking here? Where was he? He was on earth. But he said, the son of man, who is what? In heaven. Because he was totally in tune with heaven. The word that was speaking was was given to him by heaven. The word, his utterances were directed by heaven. So even though he was on earth, he was in total, was in total word relationship, contact with heaven. So he was actually an ambassador of heaven on earth. He said, right now, I may be speaking to you, but at the same time, I'm what? In heaven. You know, he came as a pattern son. He did not live here on earth as God. He lived here as man. And this is exactly the way God wants us to live. So we are under command from heaven. We are trying to, you know, we're trying to download continuously from heaven. We're hearing what heaven is saying. And we're responding to what heaven is saying. We're not just reacting. We're not just acting based on information. But we're working in revelation. Let me take you to another story. Also from the life of Jesus. That will further confirm this. Because by the mouth of two or three, every word shall be established. Look chapter 5. I'm taking you to another practical demonstration of this in the ministry of Jesus. Verse number 1. Luke chapter number 5 verse number 1. So it was as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God. Look at how this process started. Look at the beginning of this process. They, they were pressing onto him to hear the word of God. I said something at the beginning of this message and I want to appeal to you. Go back and listen. Listen to these messages that we've been preaching in this season about fulfilling kingdom mandate. The Lord gave me this message because this is a word that God is giving to us. Not just for this season. And it's a word I'll be looking at for many weeks and many things. Dissecting the various aspects of the kingdom. God gave us this word to first of all repair. Repair what the enemy must have damaged. And then what? Renew it. So that you are not walking about as a damaged soul. There's so many things that Satan has done to many people. To many, and let me tell you, to practically everyone. But thank God that the word of God can restore us back to where God or what God's plan has for us. That is why you can't afford to make this something that you go to when you have time. You must make it your priority. 
you must spend time, reduce time in every other thing. Oh yes, reduce movie time if you need to. Reduce this other time. Can I be very honest with you? That is the challenge with the millennia, with this generation. Because we have so many things that is, that is occupying our space. It's taking away our time for the world. Many people don't know what the word of God is saying. But they can record this, record that, say this, say that one, and the rest of it. Spend time in the world. You are not going to lay hold and walk in the authority and the dominion of the kingdom outside of the word of God. You cannot do that. So the multitude were pressing about him to hear the word of God. That is too by the lake of Gennesaret. Let's continue. And he saw two boats standing by the lake. But the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Because they, they've gone for fishing all night. They didn't, you know, you sit there later on, we'll get there. But they were not just washing their nets. At the end of that particular uh, journey or that particular fishing, uh, fishing, as, uh, f- fishing uh, time. Then verse number three. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's. Uh, you know, when I was reading this, something struck me. How many times did Jesus actually preach in the synagogue? A lot of the preaching of Jesus was outside. You know, here he was preaching where? By the seashore. You know, on one of the boats. Rabbis don't do that. Pharisees will not do that. So Jesus came as a barrier breaker. No wonder he said to us, go into all the world. Now, in, for many today, preaching is meant for the church. After we finish, you know, then we now go, and somebody said, let's, let's leave church now and go into real life. If that is supposed to be the reality of your life, amen. That is why for us in the city of refuge, a lot of emphasis we are, you know, is on the seven mountains of human endeavor. Hello, somebody. That this, whatever we are sharing, that coming to church will be a place to learn how to walk in dominion, to learn how to become who God has called you to be, to learn what God is saying to us, and then we go out there and live it out. We go out there and demonstrate it. We go out there and experience it. Amen. Praise God, no no longer will we be limited to just the four walls of the church. Jesus said, go into all the world and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. The seven mountains are areas of key emphasis for us in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So that when you go out, I've said that before, I'll continue to say it, only this is very clear to everyone, that when you go out tomorrow, that is church going to the hospital. When you go out tomorrow, that is church going to wherever, whatever you are doing. When you go out tomorrow, I mean, that is you, that is church going there. Amen. And if you are working from home, that is church there. That you are demonstrating the things you have learned today in your areas of different endeavor. Amen. We can't just hear this and leave it there and then we forget about it. And then next Sunday we come again. And Sunday, where's my Bible? Where did I put my Bible? Uh, where, uh, your Bible? Yeah, I put it here on Sunday. Uh, where is it? We're, we're about to start church. 
No, 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 no. It's not a decorative word, decorative accessory that you put somewhere and then at the end, no, no. It's a, it's a training manual that you continue to look at, especially the words you're hearing, to apply them in your life. He got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. Praise God. You know, he taught them. Teaching is so vital in partaking and assessing the kingdom because teaching will grant you understanding. I've said this before, understanding and what your imagination. These are key elements that you need in working in dominion. And without understanding, you can't exercise your imagination. Without illumination, your imagination will remain what? Restrictive. And the potential of it will not be released. But when you are taught, understanding comes. Suddenly, light, illumination is coming to you. Then you can exercise your imagination. Amen. He taught them. Praise the name of the Lord. The multitudes from the boat. Then when he had stopped speaking, he now said to Simon, launch out into the deep. Let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. Why did Simon say this? Jesus said in verse 4, look at it. Launch out, when he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, Launch out your what? Into the deep. Let down your nets for a catch. This was during the day. After he after his finished teaching and speaking. But Simon said in verse 5, and said, but Simon answered, Master, nobody, people don't do this information. You don't go fishing during the day because all the fishes, they will have disappeared. Where will you, where will you find them? The best time to go fishing is in the night. Information. And, and what? Then you, they will, you'll be able to catch them. But Simon said, hey, look, master, I know you are a, you are an anointed person. Uh, we've been listening to you. And to be very honest, um, you know, this is pastor's, you know. We've been enjoying this, what you've been preaching. But when it comes to fishing business, it's a different thing. Use, maybe you need to stay with this preaching and we will continue with our fishing. Because we know what we're talking about here. But there's, there's something about the anointing of God upon the life of Jesus that made this man to again, wait a minute. Wait a minute. There's something about this man. He now said, nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. Supposing Simon had remained just at the information level. Supposing he said, no, 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 no way. No way. I've been a fisherman all my life. Because at this time, according to records, it was already over 50. It was between 53 and 55. Or even more than that. He was already quite old. Far older in the natural than Jesus Christ. So, he, and he had been a fisherman all his life. So he had all the information. He had all the word experience. That is why I've been saying that experience is not the best teacher. The Holy Ghost is your best teacher. Hello somebody. Because we say experience is the best teacher. No, no, no. Thank God that God can give you good experiences. Sometimes we all have bad, we've all had bad experiences and you know, experience is the best teacher. You are reacting to the experience that you've had 
and that is affecting your decisions. And he said, because of the bad experience I've had with people from this particular place, then everybody there, they're bad. That's not true. That's not right. You are lying experience to what? To dictate to you. Say, but Simon answered and said, Master, we have toiled all night and caught what? Nothing. Toil. Toil all night and caught nothing. So it wasn't just, it wasn't that they tried once or twice and then they returned to shore. They walked on, they toiled, they worked very hard. And they, well, they did not catch anything. And he said, but nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. Was Simon fully obedient? No. Jesus said, go and get all your nets. And throw them out. Because the time of harvest has come. Is somebody listening to me? Go and get all your nets. It's time for the harvest. It's time to start to act on what God is saying to you. It's time. Get all the nets. Get all. Don't let your head stop you. Don't let your reasoning limit you. Don't let the information. And oh yes, I know about this thing. The information you have. Limit you. Don't let that stop you. I remember uh, Pastor Bakari, when God told him, God said to him, I'll be taken into the realm of billions. The realm of billions. And it was like billions. How will God do that? And they, well, he, he was, was willing to. And there was, somebody came to him and said, there's a particular property that maybe you can purchase and then develop and the rest of it. And he went and looked at it and the Holy Ghost said, buy it. And oh, he, he was excited. He went and called the, 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 the banker, uh, somebody from the church who was actually the GM of one of the big banks in Nigeria and who was also a member of the church. He said, please, can you come and have a look? And that one, he said, Pastor, don't let's go there. This thing will not work. This thing will not, uh, uh, the way this ground is, well, are you sure? I, I, I would advise you not to do it. Information will only give you advice. But the counsel of the Holy Spirit said, purchase. And he told him, he said, okay, you know what? I would like to go ahead with this against the advice because he had received the counsel. Against the advice. You know, I tell people all the, how can a born again person be going to see a psychologist? If you need to see psychologists at all, why don't you look for a spirit-filled psychologist? Why are you now sitting down and allowing somebody who is not born again without access to heaven who will now be advising you based on information that is read in one particular book? When you have the living God inside of you, he did that, he followed the leadership of the Holy Spirit, and then he built it and sold that thing for over a billion naira. So when they were going to start to build the church, it was one of the key funds that God was able to make available to them to be able to execute that project. Supposing he did not listen. Supposing he looked at just the information. When I go, when I discuss with people, professionals in this area or that area, I don't just, I'm not just listening to them. I'm listening to what the Holy Spirit is saying to me about what they are saying. Because they can advise but the Holy Spirit is the one that can give you counsel. 
advice is based on information. And show me anywhere in the Bible where the Bible talks about the spirit of advice. You won't find that in the, in the scriptures. But you find the spirit of counsel. Because counsel is from the spirit of God. Advice is from what the information you have. I will let down the net. So he went and got one old net. That even if anything happens to this one, at least we know that uh, we have not wasted our time. Verse number six. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish. And their net was breaking. Imagine Peter going to gather all the nets. Look at what will have happened. Look at the kind of harvest they will have had. Look at what will have happened to, you know, to, to Peter. But thank God for the mercy of God that they still were able to what? Obtain such a large, a great number of fish. And their net was breaking. Verse number seven. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. So they came and filled the, both the boats so that they began to war, to sing. Amen. Verse number eight. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I'm a sinful man. Because he knew what his thoughts were. He knew the way he received the word. He knew that he had not obeyed. He said, I need to, oh, I've not obeyed you. Because he saw that how can these things happen? He forgot that it was what? That creation will always respond to the words of the creator. So that is why when you are speaking the word that he has given to you from heaven, creation will align. That is why you cannot be moved by circumstances or situations that is going contrary when crea the creator has spoken. Because at the end of the day, creation will line up, circumstances will line up, everything will line up to what heaven has said. Amen. Whose report will you believe? I say, whose report will you believe? Many times we have believed the report of man and we've neglected the report of God. No wonder many people in church have not been experiencing the power of God the way God wants us to experience it, but no more. I say, no more in Jesus' name. At least in our church, we will obey, we will follow, we will do what God wants us to do, and we will experience what God has promised us in his world. For he will arise and have mercy upon Zion. For the time to favor her. Oh yes, the set time has come. Amen. Verse number nine. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish. With their taking. They were astonished at the catch of fish with their taking. They were all struck. Because this, remember, these are not beginning fish. These guys have been doing this for practically all their lives. But they were all struck because one walking in Revelation went to another dimension. While they were at the level of information, you know, the one with revelation was operating at another level. Took them to another level and said, wow, we have not seen this kind of thing. And then verse number 10. And so also were James, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. From now on you will what? You will catch men. I will end this message by taking us to what I've entitled the differences between information and revelation. Information and revelation. I want to make this crystal clear to us because I said this at the beginning. These are very critical times for us. 
These are times whereby we can't just afford to be playing church. We don't have time for all that kind of a thing again. We don't have time. The Bible says that, you know, we will prosper. You know, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health as your soul prospers. God wants our souls to prosper so that our soul, in agreement with our spirit, can produce the experience based on God's word. Information and revelation. Number one, information is acquired knowledge. Information is acquired knowledge. Meaning that what somebody has told you, what you heard from somebody, what somebody has mentioned, or maybe what you are taught in a course of study in the university. Professors are masters of information. Hello. They can reel out a lot of information about the economy. They can reel out a lot of information about this, about that, about this, about that. What that is good, information is not necessarily very bad, but we cannot just be operating at that level. It is low level. Information is acquired knowledge. One, information is acquired knowledge, but revelation is revealed knowledge. Revelation is revealed knowledge. Revelation is God revealing himself directly to the human spirit. Revelation is revealed knowledge. God revealing himself directly to the human spirit. Number two, information only comes by instruction. Information only comes by instruction. That means that you are instructed to do this, you are instructed to do that, you are instructed to carry out this. Information comes only by instruction. But revelation comes by perception. By perception. Meaning that even though you might not have been taught, but you have caught it. That something has happened to you on the inside. That is why many times revelation that will change your life is not just, oh, we have studied. Thank God there's nothing wrong in studying. But that there must be an interaction with the Spirit of God that is, that is opening that thing to you so that you can catch it. Revelation comes with perception. Number three. Information can only take you thus far. Peter toiled all night, but they did not catch anything. He wasn't sitting at home. He was not a lazy man. He was not just sleeping all night. He was walking. He walked all night. That is why. Walking, 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 walking cannot guarantee you wealth. How many people have walked and walked and walked and walked and they've ended up at the end of it all with little to show for it? Hello, somebody. You know, you can walk out now and maybe just one wrong investment. Everything you have worked for, pew, will just go. Will just go. So information can only take you thus far. Only to a particular point or place. And then... That is it. But revelation will take you all the way to destiny. Revelation will take you all the way to destiny. Thank God that Peter eventually listened. Supposing he did not listen. Supposing he walked away and said, this man is a preacher man. The man can speak. 
Why don't I have time for men like this? I know what I'm doing. I've been a fisherman of my life, at least for the past 20 years. I'm even older than him. He looks like a 30-year-old man. I'm already 55. How many children does he have? We don't even know whether he has a wife. Oh, and all this, blah, 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 blah. And then he say, well, I don't have time for this. Well, guys, I'm off. That would have been the end of Peter. You would not have heard anything about him. But thank God that Peter would obey. That is why the word I'm teaching you, the things I'm sharing with you, you may not fully be grasping them now. Go back and listen. Don't walk away and say, well, these things, they're, 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 not, uh, they're not real. These things, they're not, uh, let's go to real life. Then And start talking like that. You cut yourself off from the revelation that God wants to give you. You cut yourself off from the lifting, from the prosperity, from the repositioning that God wants to give you. Because he's speaking from a dimension you are not familiar with. Hello, and don't forget he's God and we are not. Number three, revelation will take you all the way to destiny. It is both enlightening and empowering and it has no limitation. Number four, with information your thinking is linear. And earth-based, it is linear. You are thinking just like any other person. Just like John Sparrow down the field. Just like George Simon around the corner. Your thinking is just based on that. Hello. There's no difference between you and such people who don't know God. But revelation enables you to think based on kingdom. It is vertical. You are thinking based on kingdom and you are operating from where you actually belong or where you come from. Information. With information, your thinking is natural. Your thinking is linear. Your thinking is art-based. Your thinking is art-based. Number five. Information keeps you earthbound because there's no way that you can experience the power of God, the grace of God, the, the, you know, the, 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 the wealth that is contained in God's word by just thinking based on information. It will keep you earthbound. Your experience in life or experiences in life will just be like others who have not met with God, who have not had any encounter with Jesus. Whatever is happening to others is also happening to you. There's no difference. There's no clear-cut difference. Information will keep you earthbound. But revelation will make you what? Kingdom-minded. Because you're a citizen of heaven with rights and privileges. Your thoughts will be heavenly. With the Holy Spirit word making inputs continuously and from time to time. Look at the input of the Holy Spirit through Jesus. And then the labor of Simon. With his labor and his knowledge. He caught what? You can say it yourself. But with one man walking in revelation. And he spoke. And suddenly there was a response from all the fishes in that particular valley. Finally. Information with just information you pray from the earth to heaven. I've said this before you pray from the earth to heaven. Your prayers are always situational, your prayers are always situational, they are a reaction to your circumstances. With information, you're praying from earth to heaven. 
Your prayers are situational. You are, it's always a reaction to your situation or your circumstances. But when you are working in revelation, it empowers you to pray from heaven to the earth. You have a heaven perspective because you are touching heaven. You can't change the earth without first of all touching heaven. And with you touching heaven, it makes it easier for you to change your circumstances and your situation. Your prayers are not just a reaction. Your prayers are not just situational. Your prayers are responding to what heaven is saying and doing, not just reacting to your circumstance and your situation. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. So which one have you decided to walk in? Information? Revelation? Maybe I'll take you to the story of Lord and Abraham. I will end there. Remember? Genesis 13. When Abraham and Lord, the Bible says that Lord went with Abraham. And they got to a point when Abraham asked Lord, said, can you make a choice? We don't want any trouble here. But Lord looked based on information. He saw the green grass. He saw the good land. He saw everything. What he didn't know that behind what he was seeing, there was what? A catch. It's called a trap. It's called Sodom and Gomorrah. And he chose that. But Abraham saw, saw with the eye of the spirit, saw based on revelation, saw, and he, God said to him, Wherever your eyes can see, whatever you can see, I'll give to you. And Abraham, and the Lord said to Abraham, after the Lord has separated, lift your eyes now and look from the place where you are, northward, southward, eastward, westward. What? For all the land that you see, revelation I give to you. Whatever you see by revelation, the Lord is making them available to you. Revelation will reposition you. It will make you kingdom-minded. It will make you start to walk in the rights and privileges of the kingdom because you are a citizen of heaven. You are not just a citizen of the earth. It's revelation that will link you up with what God is saying and doing so that those things can become your experience. Enough, enough of the church just being irrelevant in the things that is just happening around us. God wants us to take our place. We can't do that without working in revelation and enough of working in information. It is your time. It is time. We have not come to just take sides. We have come to take over. It's the time for the true church of God to emerge. Rise up on your feet. Father, we thank you for your word to us. Thank him for this word. That you would not be a forgetful hearer. But you will be a doer of the word. Thank him for the word. The word that will reposition us. The word that he has given to us. That will enlighten and empower us. Father, let this world remain indelible in our heart. It's time. Father, I start to call forth, O oh Lord my God. This world, start to call forth, O oh Lord my God, in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, the manifestation, Lord, of the sons of God based on insight, based on revelation they are receiving. The Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, no one will remain the same. And Lord, I pray for anyone under the sound of my voice. If you are not born again, just ask him to come into your heart. Ask him that I would like to, because you can't even see without being born again. You can't enter without being born again. 
Ask him to come into your heart. Ask him to be your Lord. Ask him to be your Savior. Because you can't walk in the light and the power and the grace of this world without encounter with heaven. Without encounter with the spirit of the living God. That is the beginning part. Father, I pray for everyone right now. For as many as are here to know you, as they listen to this word, and as they make, as they invite into their heart, reign and rule in those hearts. And for those who have known you, Lord, I pray that none will walk in darkness. You are the light of life. Lord, let there be that empowerment. As a result of the enlightening, as a result of life, illumination that is taking place on their inside, that they walk in the power and privileges of the kingdom. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to the word. And I want to thank you. Even as you go back and listen and listen and listen, I can't wait to hear the testimonies of God's faithfulness in your life in the days to come. God bless you.